Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode, we watched number 17 on the Sight and Sound list, Late Spring, Yasujiro Ozu's film about a father and daughter torn from each other by Japanese social customs. Our second film this week is Interstellar, Christopher Nolan's film about a father and daughter torn from each other by climate change and uh, quantum bookshelf ghosts. And 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 hey, Fen, how are you going? Oh, you know, um, uh, better than expected, uh, not as well as I would like. Uh, how how well would you like to be? Like normal, you know, like good. What is that though? Don't know. What is normal? Hey, do you think? Do you feel like you've ever been normal? Oh, sure. When? There were a few years as a kid where I think I was normal. Like the ones where you were in like all camo and collecting knives? All camo and collecting knives were two different phases. It really feels like they should overlap. No. What? Okay, what were you wearing when you were collecting knives? Just skins? I mean, j- j- uh, uh, baggy jeans, oversized t-shirts. Oh, like right. So like standard... Steel-toed boots. Oh, okay. Why well, I did, I did. Like my twenties, there were a lot of uh, steel cap boots and steel cap uh, sneakers in them. But that's just because um, that's part of your Scottish heritage. You need to be ready for a fight at all times. I really don't. I really would really like to not be ready for a fight at all times. I like. I haven't been in like a physical altercation since primary school. And I would like to keep it that way, or at the very least, keep it to that like geographic location, which is why uh, sometimes when I get, you know, when you like how you need, you've got some anger that you need to expel. I will go to some corrupt teachers, slip him a twenty, and say which of these kids best needs a thrashing. And then I um, go and get mercilessly beaten up by a bunch of kids, and uh, I cry and piss myself. Mm. And uh, they're like, uh, "You're you're 35, and you can't even fight a fucking kid." And I'm like, "I know. <laughs> even in this fantasy, I know." And then they're like, "This is why no one properly loves you. Look, Everyone y- who y- encounters y- you." If- if you want to learn how to fight kids, you should watch Ip Man for the finale. He fights a bunch of kids in that. It's a good scene. How how old are the kids in that? Mm, like fourteen. Uh, okay, okay. That's better than they're like, like they're like picking on a girl because she's Chinese, and yeah, yeah. And he, he comes in and and like beats the kids. It's good. It's an okay movie. Scott, Scott Adkins. Very good as a hilariously racist American drill sergeant. I mean, that's good. Like, you want that. Yeah. You 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 want... It's nice to have white people as villains. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, which is a lot of what Scott Akins is doing, just being the, be- being the bad white guy in, in, like, Chinese movies these days. Sweet ass. Yeah, it's a good um, gig. I, in, 
I remember a lot of people whose opinions I, uh, you know, often align with. Uh, I really like Cobra Kai, the the Karate Kid sequel series. But I can't get on board, but that's because I remember when it was a YouTube original that the one trailer I kept seeing of it all the time was now grown up Ralph Macchio seeing a kid being bullied (laughs) and then beating up these like 12 to 14 year old bullies. I was like, that sounds, that sounds kind of good though. Yeah. But like, watch this show. (laughs) It's about children being beaten. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, mean, like ever since video, everyone's like, no, it's about trauma. Because every show is about trauma these days. Uh, well, because it's uh, uh, but like that's because we live in a traumatized world, right? Yeah, it's the first time. No, 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 no one's ever done it before. Uh, I don't. know. What major historical events in the past hundred years, past two hundred years, you know, uh, could have generated mass global trauma? So late spring uh, is not Ozu's first yeah. film after World War Two. Sp- yeah, sp- sp- <laughs> speaking of a movie that has nothing to do with with, with massive global trauma, uh, uh, I mean, well, it, it, he he made a couple because his his service, uh, which look at his Wikipedia page. Ooh, <laughs> wow! Uh, oh no! Yes, Ajiru. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, that junk may seem racist, it, but he uh, deserves it. Also, it was just me saying, oh, no. I mean, after I said it, I realized it sounds like I was doing a pun on Osu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that's exactly what you were doing. No, I was uh, not. Uh, I, was in, I was not in joke mode. I was in saying I was in saying, oh, no mode at that moment. OK, cool. So me saying that that joke was acceptable has, it has backfired on me and you look clean. Yeah. Nah, why is that always the way? Why do I always become? What have I become? My oldest friend. Everyone I know goes away in the. But you, you can have it all. My empire of dirt. You can have it all. Yeah, and I can make you hurt. What is that? By Kylie Ray Jepsen or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then it goes. So yeah, Azu. Um, was making films through World War Two, but they they kind of reflected. He he came up uh, uh, doing comedies yeah. uh, and and things like that. And it, like uh, most uh, people through the thirties, uh, he spent a lot more time than you'd think making silent work, and that kind of drifted into kind of comedies that became dramas. But Late Spring is uh, is a big shift like yeah uh uh, uh, it's not like he suddenly was like i'm gonna stop moving the camera i'm gonna do low angles those are things that had grown across his previous films but um this is where he was like i'm gonna look at the minutiae of middle class people's lives yeah which is like that's what I think of when I hear Ozu, right? Like that is like what what was your impression of Ozu coming into this or before you saw one of his films? Uh he likes stories about Tokyo. Mhm. Yeah. But like what the kind of work he made? Did you have an a, a, an impression of that? I mean, not really for me. I've seen Tokyo story before, but like the, 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 the like main things I know about about Ozu are the like 
keeping the camera low to the ground and shots are static and or, or even when like late spring has a couple of shots where the camera moves yeah but they are moving alongside moving subjects yeah uh, uh keeping pace with them so essentially they are static in the frame which is apparently one of he he was a taskmaster greg davies he was the taskmaster yep. uh, and he was incredibly mean to his crews because he would Dan be like Correos, yeah rose matafeo other people who have been on various versions of taskmaster do you want me to get stuff okay ramesh yeah, ranganathan yeah. royston connerty james acaster was on a season i yeah, think but he's like well okay you're skipping like seven seasons i know because i've never watched it you like i've heard it's good i just don't know i think you understand the unalloyed pleasure you are denying yourself of i've told anyway Look, I've, I've got i've got a lot of stuff to get to yeah and what do you do instead? Uh, well, I'm currently on uh, like uh, my uh, 27th uh, full uh, back archive listen through of the Flophouse. Yeah. It's a good time. On show. 27? Something like that, yeah. You need to get into therapy. Or at least, have you seen a psychiatrist? No. Yeah, you, like, I think it would be quite beneficial you've got to break this silence i'm not a fuck <laughs> <laughs> okay it's... no no that's gonna stay in uh all right uh oh, come on it was your job to diffuse it not mine <laughs> i created it you get us out of it i planted this bomb you diffuse it um yeah this obsession with his shots being symmetrical right that he, the kind of the first thing I learned about him was how kind of callously he loved to break like the 180 degree rule. Right. Yeah. And that it, it, very often, if you really focus, it does not look like characters are looking at each other. But because they are so perfectly framed and their eye lines are so slight, just, just off camera, it, it, you never question it. It's never uh, uh, ambiguous. He breaks a lot of unspoken rules uh, uh, about film in a way that uh, uh, kind of shows that they're pointless in a way, right? I mean, not pointless, but like not universal. Yeah, or absolute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In most cases, it's probably best not to break the 180 degree rule. But if you're Yasujiro Ozu, you, you, can, you can go ahead and mess with it a bit. Well, yeah, and, and I don't know when he started uh, doing that mm. specifically, but I presume it is something that, that grew uh, over time. Sure, you yeah. know, um, this is, but like, it, it's interesting that this is on the list because this is him. This is his first swing at this style. Obviously, Tokyo Story is further up. Yeah, uh, number three, uh, maybe yeah. number two. No, no, it's yeah, it's Vertigo, Kane, Tokyo Story. Yeah, yeah, uh, and. Uh, it is because this is the one that sets the template. Uh, uh, every film that follows this, which is Early Spring, Tokyo Twilight, Equinox Flower, Good Morning, Floating Weeds, Late Autumn, The End of Summer, Autumn Afternoon, Tokyo Story, The Flavor of Green Tea Over Rice, Early Summer, and The Mune Kata Sisters are all like this in a way. They're all riffs on this. I have not, I, I have seen. Tokyo Story 
and one of the autumns. Okay. I would have told you it was an autumn afternoon, but I didn't know there was a film called Late Autumn, because <laughs> it, could, it could be that. Um, but they are, like, the general critical consensus is that as much as these are all, like, are playing the same instruments, they are all very different songs. He's, mm. he's, he's finding a groove rather in a niche rather than he's not going to make the same story over yeah, and over yeah. again. Um, even though, I don't know, they are kind of all about modernity versus tradition, right? Sure, and there is a massive similarity between Late Spring and Tokyo Story in that they're both movies about a character played by Chishu Ryu uh, getting old and his daughter, uh, played by Setsuko Hara, young and unwed, not like being fully sure what to do with her life. Uh, but which is uh, uh, relatable and, and like not it also in the non-joke version uh, it is relatable um, I like the reason for this pairing with, with that out of the way Ozu there Yeah, uh, I just think you kind of need to set the stage of him about how much of a new thing this is and like oh the other fact is that it's like this is the work he is known for. Like his previous work, I think suffers from a lot of it being missing, especially his silent work. Um, but he was like, he was like a known director before this. Yeah. But like, this is the stuff people remember. And it is in terms of films, maybe the last quarter of things he produced, maybe the last third, um, which is, uh, impressive. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and 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 for like factor, this is what he's known for. Makes makes his early stuff seem sort of incongruous. Like I I remember like uh, like look lo- lo- looking through looking through the BFI shop a few times and seeing a box set of like Yasujiro Ozu the comedies and just be like, what would what would an Ozu comedy be like? I kind of. I don't think it would be hard to push late spring into being a comedy. I'm not saying it, mm. uh, it, it is not even going to say, I'm not saying uh, it is. It kind of is. It, it just absolutely isn't. Are there any jokes in this? It's, yeah. I mean, there, 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 are, there are moments that are funny. There's, there's a, there's a kid just being annoying a couple of times. It's oh, yeah. Good. No, that, yeah. The kid when he's jumping up and down on the car and when he's, yeah, just like bouncing the ball on people's heads. Uh, yeah, her uh, 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 Nori, the the lead, uh, um, who who is like a twenty seven year old, a woman in the late spring yeah. of her life, unmarried. Uh, she's looking after this guy is her her cousin, mm. uh, and is just a young punk. And he has two scenes. One, he is crying over his baseball glove because the oil won't go into oh, he, it. He, 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 yeah, he, he, he like painted it red and the paint's coming off or something. Yeah. And, and, and she is like, come on, it's okay. And he's like, no, it's not go away. And so she starts being like, well, you're a dummy. You shouldn't have done that. You dumb idiot. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I'm going to get oil on you then. And starts <laughs> chiseling it with his giant baseball glove, trying to, trying to like ruin her dress. And, and the next time we see him, which is interesting, like maybe the one time we see a recognizable character in Ozu's, like Ozu's, uh, 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 if you've not seen his work and you're listening to this podcast, uh, check it out. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, he, The way he cuts between scenes is through footage that looks like establishing shots. 
but very often isn't establishing the actual location. No. Uh, uh, this is the time non-diegetic music plays, and uh, we often... I, yeah, seeing that kid, he's pranking about with other kids and then starts jumping on a car, and it's hilarious. And I think it is the one time we see a character we know in one of those montages. Very yeah. often they're entirely empty and, and are there largely to be like to tell us the future like that it starts with a train station and then it is only like two scenes later that they get on a train sure yeah but they're also there to tell us theme because what's the first one the 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 first thing we see we see a card at the beginning of a film that tells us about the restoration oh oh yeah oh baby baby of course that's how we know it's good it is one of the establishing shots of the train station and it is through trees it is the sign that says in both japanese and english train station which establishes what i think this film is about which is that the modernity the tradition versus modernity is that the modernity is of course the occupying Japanese for the oh. occupying Americans, yep. who we never see. We see a Coke ad. Yeah. We see other things written in English. We get a couple of allusions to the war. We hear like one mention of Gary Cooper and a two mentions. Okay. And then we see like people who are wealthy living in kind of like increasingly westernized houses. Yeah. And uh, uh, eating westernized food. Yeah. Well, and like the first time we meet the father, he is uh, uh, sitting, they're sitting on the ground on their mats, whose name I can't remember, working at low tables, quote unquote, traditionally Japanese. And it's him in his like, let's say dressing gown, but with his associate. Hattori. Hattori. So it is, all in the shadow and like this film of course being made in 1948 had to go through uh, the occupying american powers yeah censorship and and the here's the thing about americans uh good taste and discernment yeah uh no history of overreacting uh uh, uh, really just uh, magnanimous colonial masters well and like it is interesting because like uh, Japan's actions in yes. World War II. Uh, thumbs down. Yeah. Oh, mate. Stop it. A lot of bad stuff happened. I, I would say all of it. <laughs> uh, uh, I'd, I'd also. If you want to learn more about it, watch Ip Man 1. <laughs> so, yeah, this is. So, what is the plot of this film? So, there is a woman in her mid 20s yeah. called Noriko. She lives at home with her dad. Yeah. Shukichi. He is a widower. She is unmarried, and they've lived together by themselves for a very long time. Mm. He is an academic, and she is a house daughter, essentially. Yeah. They have a very, um, like, uh, oh, symbiotic relationship. Yeah. It, it, is the, it is quite hard to get a grasp on what the relationship is. It's clearly very positive. Yeah. But it's not 
it's not Book of Henry. She she's not the parent looking after her parent who's a kid. Nearer to the end of the movie, she she has this like big speech about like who will look after you if I'm not here. Yeah, you know, like you won't clean your clothes, you won't cook, you won't shave. There is a sense of that, that that he first was looked after by his mother, then by his wife, and now by his daughter. Yeah, and so he's 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 never actually had to like try too hard to 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 survive. But but he is still like, but but, but like he is still a person who has lived a life and is like full of experience and and like does n- know things unlike Naomi Watts in in the book of Henry who is just being led around on a leash by the ghost of her dead son I but also I think in that moment you know, maybe, maybe we should have done the book of Henry no it's been there's nothing new to say about the uh, book of Henry um but the thing uh, about that specific moment is that I think she's wrong. I think she is lying to herself. Sure. Because they have a cleaner who we meet several times, yeah. uh, who is a pretty major figure in the film. And it's because at that point, like the, the tension of this film is essentially uh, the dad's sister, her aunt is like, isn't it about time she got married? She's 27 getting a bit old she is like she's hanging out with friends she went to school with mm-hmm. and they're like well i'm already divorced which was like a massive fucking yeah thing w- at w- the w- time. which which seems to me like an, an, another like like uh, another like american influence thing yeah, yeah. it, 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 it absolutely absolutely is well and considering that that her friend is uh the most like modern person in it we, yeah yeah she her she, house yeah, she, is incredibly western yeah she, she she's she's like eating like she, she's like eating like very specifically like western cakes yeah uh, which would she would she also cooks well and presents in in like british style china yeah, and yeah. stuff that uh, well, yeah with, with like little like yeah little, little, little like tea forks and stuff and like there's a very specific juxtaposition because the film starts with a a, a tea ceremony hmm. like a, a in-depth long-running uh, traditional quote-unquote japanese tea ceremony and then this runs up against when they have cakes together and she makes tea like the the British way, milk in and then tea and there's kind of no yeah, then formality then, then to you, it. Yeah, m- m- milk in, drop a tea bag in, bang it in the microwave for 45 seconds. No, the fucking, anyway. <laughs> but then after they've had this, you know, the, the juxtaposition, you know, we have... We start with this uh, incredibly in-depth uh, traditional mm. tea ceremony, and that is quickly followed by, you know, she is getting lonely. Surely there is a man out there who can look after her. Yeah. And, and when with when she's with her friend who, you know, is divorced and serving uh, modern stroke Western food in, in, in a modern stroke Western room, she the conversation is then like, uh, you know what, you should get married. Do you know why? Because it's so... Getting work all sucks. Yeah, like all all men are the same. Getting married is easy. It just it, it doesn't matter which one you choose. Just try it, and if it sucks, you can walk out, and it's fine. This whole thing of divorce comes up earlier in the movie when Noriko is in the city and she meets a colleague of her father's, uh, Joe Onodera, who is another academic, and they meet up in the city, and he like takes her to have a drink and stuff. And they talk for a while, and it, and it turns out that 
uh, he has also left his wife and is now getting married to someone new. Yeah. And when Noriko hears this, she 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 like kind of recoils from him. She, well, she, she sees it's dirty, yeah. unclean. She still sees it with a smile, but she means it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it's it's it, yeah. It's a thing of like she she is still like like being very polite and like pouring him mm. cups of sake while she also thinks like this is messed up you are like breaking this like sacred bond that you've made and, and, and what, you're just going to do it again so casually and, and what this family friend does is he always counts what cup of sake they are on uh, uh and which is something ozu would do that is, he and uh, um kogunata who he wrote almost all and actually possibly all of his films with okay um that is how they would count how far into writing they were, how many bottles of sake they had drunk. Um, and so, yeah, what we get, like, uh, there are a bunch of different perspectives on what marriage is, yeah. what it is for, why people should do it, uh, 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 if people should do it. And there are basically like three other women whose perspectives we get, and there are like four other men whose perspectives we get. Yeah. And the thing that is interesting is that, of course, it does not fall on either side. Mm. Spoilers, but uh, Nori does eventually get married. Yeah. Uh, the second to last scene is her, her aunt, and her dad with her in the full, uh, again, tra- like a traditional uh, uh, Japanese, I'm sure it is more specific it will be yeah, specific yeah. to that area i just don't know the correct terms i'm not anyway uh yeah. you know what i mean we are not a bunch of dick cavits here yeah oh god look it up he considers himself a real nihonophile mm. her dad and aunt uh, uh are dressed in like modern western clothes and, and yeah. she is going through what is essentially an arranged marriage except she has decided to do it after yep. meeting him and liking him because he looks like gary cooper as is mentioned twice um and, and we are repeatedly told by both her and others that they really hit it off we never see him no it is entirely informed we do not see the wedding they leave the room and then suddenly later the dad is talking about uh how she just got married and that is because when you get married in this film you disappear. No one married appears in this film. Yeah. O- only single people, divorced people, widows and widowers. And children, and, and I chi- guess. Sure, but like, are they really people? Uh, like, at the risk of like possibly turning this turning into like a, a debor- abortion debate, yes. I think people are people the moment they... Uh, um, can break dance? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, no, well, that's what you know. The the famous Ali McBeal dancing baby gif. I know it, the gif existed before Ali McBeal. Yeah, that's to symbolise that's when people are people. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> Dodge that bullet. And but like, and some of that comes from American censorship because the Americans were very anti this film ending with an arranged marriage. Okay. And so even though it is, it's set up by the aunt uh, uh, when uh, Nori first meets this guy, it's kind of under the pretense of, I might be marrying you. 
But we also get like the moment of decision where she says, okay, I'm going to do this. The aunt asks like, are you sure? Yeah. Like a bunch of times and then goes downstairs and tells her brother, like she's agreed to do it. And then Noriko comes downstairs and and the dad asks like, are you, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. It like really hammers home. Like she is the one making this decision. Yeah. And the, and the other side of that is that, yeah. Um, the friend who got divorced was that was not an arranged marriage and it went horrible. Yeah. So, so it is, uh, uh, it is not picking one over the other in a way that I find really interesting and is about kind of how you have to travel between these things. You don't reject one for the other. You keep them both several times. Because they're in a rural area, right? Mm-hmm. They they get on the train to go into Kyoto, which is no, the- no. I think they're going into Tokyo. When they go to Kyoto, it's very specifically a trip that they go on. Oh yeah, no, you're you're almost certainly right. Where um, so, the, they go into the city. I'm pretty sure that this movie takes place in the, the like same place as Tokyo Story. Just a, yeah. a, a, like yeah, a, a like. Like basically, like suburb of Tokyo is on the outskirts of a city. Yeah, but and uh, it's very rural. Yeah. You know, this is still this is the era uh, of like, like we talked about in back in our Seven Samurai episode where where Reconstruction was starting and it was looking promising, but it was kind of de-agrarianizing the yeah. country. That the we meet the father. What he is doing is looking up the spelling of the economist Frederick List's name, mm. whose policies drove the reconstruction. You know, right. that's like it's it's in the film. But yeah, several times we see them take these trips from this, what appears to be a very rural area, surrounded by nature. Uh, the houses are very uh, 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 old Japanese houses. And they on these train trips... The world outside, like that great shot in Widows, it becomes more and more modern until you're looking out on these big skyscrapers. Yeah, and these like giant industrial factories are like pumping smoke into the sky. She meets up with another friend who is her dad's assistant. Yeah. Uh, Hattori. Hattori. They meet a couple of times at a cafe. They go on a bike ride together. Uh, and when they go on the bike ride together, they drive past a very conspicuous Coke sign. Yeah, which Ozu holds on for like 10 seconds after everyone else has left the frame. Yeah, and uh, which is really to be like, Americans are here. Yeah. And like the, the cafe they meet up in is not like- It's called Central Perk. <laughs> But it's like they're surrounded by our favorite characters from Friends, like Gunther, everyone's favorite character, uh, uh, Marcel, uh, Emily. They're all they're all having to get together. Well, it was Paul uh, Rudd's character's name. Don't know uh, Dave. I think uh, Aisha Tyler's character, whoever that was. Yeah, yeah. The the when they were like, oh, we're about to be the show's about to be over, and we have not really had a black yeah. character. I oh, know Giovanni uh, Rabisi's character, uh, Tom Stellick's character, uh, Brad. Pitt's character was he on it? I think because it was during. Oh, when, it was during yeah. Braniston. I yeah, or like Pennifer. Pennifer, yeah, Pennifer's good. Yeah, yeah, the HMS Pennifer, um, hot, unmarried, sexy. Pen- uh, anyway, <coughs> I am the very model of a uh, Rachel Green. Ah! 
those Gilbert and Sullivan, they make it look easy. But, uh, in fact, no, I've seen Topsy Turvy. They, they worked very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Antimony, Arsenic, Aluminum, Selenium, and all the other ones. So this cafe. <laughs> uh, um, but, like, the cafe is, like, obviously for a long time there has been a French influence in, in Japan. But this cafe is very deliberately American. All the signs are in English. It is a bit diner-y. They only sell Americanos. It's the yeah. only coffee you can get. And you get the sense, the film tells you, you. You walk into this cafe and they say, you'll have an Americano and a hot dog and you'll fucking like it. Well, they, We're going to civilize you into eating hog anuses that have been ground up and shoved inside a stomach. But, like, it wouldn't even be an Americano. It would be filter coffee. Americano is other people being like, chica is like a joke coffee, which is why it's my pick. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't know about coffee. Why, you, why don't you drink coffee? It seems like a very easy thing to avoid. But it, like, it is, when you find a kind of coffee you like, it's good. It perks you up. It's a nice ritual. It's not that addictive. And it feels good. Like, it is, like, there's a lot going for it. That makes people irritating. So. Do you think you're not irritating? No, but see, I'm, I feel I'm, so I'm, bad about that. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, god. What a coward. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm literally writing a play called The Coward. <laughs> you say that reminded me of one of my like favourite things. When Iggy Pop and David Bowie were working on Iggy Pop's album The Idiot, they, they were like talking one day about like what it should be called. And Iggy was saying, Oh yeah, it should be called something like uh like Blood and Awesome. Or just you know, something something like that. So it's and I mean David looked and was like I think we should call it the idiot. <laughs> and just put a big picture of you on the front. <laughs> I mean, that's all they did. That is a baller move. So her relationship, they're an interesting game. Ozu plays games like this a lot, but the biggest example in a late spring is that her relationship with Hattori or the when we see them meet up at the cafe, when they go for this long bike ride, when they frolic at the beach uh, uh, and then they sit and they flirt they develop this this language about how that that is about like how stressed she is that's all about like pickled radishes well, no, right no, yeah no it, it's something to do with, with like how jealous she is oh yeah, yeah 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 when you cut radishes to pickle them are they like linked or unlinked and something about like a metaphorical knife being blunt so the radishes are still linked and it was so culturally specific, I had no idea how to pass this metaphor. But it really seems like they're flirting. Yeah. It really seems like the plot of this film is going to be, she should marry this guy, but he is being forced, but she's being forced to marry someone else. Yeah. But um, it's not. Uh, she doesn't want to marry him, and he is already engaged. Yeah, and we learn that when the father learns that. He's yeah. like, what about Hattori? And she laughs at him and at us, going like, no, he's engaged he's, to he, this he, wonderful girl. He, he, he's been engaged for months. Yeah. And and, 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 then, and then we see Hattori one last time. Yeah, before he gets married yeah. and disappears from the film. Yeah, where they're at the cafe again, mm. and Noriko is asking him, like, what sort of, like, wedding present he would like from her and her father, and he's like, oh, don't worry about that. Uh, 
I've got two tickets to go see a violin player tonight. And I mean, she turns him down because she she thinks that his fiance would be jealous. I mean, we get like a shot of him watching this violin solo concerto alone. Yeah, he might be engaged, but he he was he was still trying to fuck her. I I think it was. I think I know I, I I'm not a from Harry met Sally and that I refuse to eat what anyone else is eating. No, uh, 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 I think what f- my reading of that mm. is that the thought of it has poisoned the relationship for her. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and my reading on him sitting alone was that he was like, oh, I've lost a friend. Um, but I, I, I see both ways. Mm. Um, it is, it's very, well, we also, he leaves, oh no, the one time we see a married person, because he shows up and drops off photos from his wedding oh. for them to look at. That's the the one time. Okay. Uh, uh, and they're, they're the, the, the maid and her husband, who is the gardener because uh, uh, that's how it works yeah. in films, are looking at these photos. Oh, and, right, right, yes, And yes. then they're like, oh, look at them. They look so beautiful and almost lifelike, <clears throat> which kind of begins this trend of like, it's kind of like when you get married, you die. Yeah. When Noriko and her dad are at a, like, no theater performance later, mm. and they see a woman across the, like, other side of my way at her, is that the woman who got married to Hitori? Or, like, who is that? She is the woman who the father gets engaged to. Quote, unquote. She meets this guy that she's being set up with, and they get on. She likes him. He likes her. They report it. People who were there report it, but she doesn't want to leave her dad. Right. Yeah. And so her dad starts trying to do things to push her away. They go to this no performance and he like gives a smile and a wave to this woman. Uh, uh, and Noriko gives one as well, but is annoyed at her dad looking at another woman and in a like, how kind of how dare you it's it it's unclean for uh, uh, uh divorced or widowers to get remarried there's yeah. not it, it is you, very you you should live out your days in solitude well it's very interesting to me that there is n- almost no there's no sense of like inappropriateness or incest to their relationship sure, yeah. when it would be very easy for that to exist mm-hmm. uh, uh and just watch murmur of the heart <laughs> And so she is, and she is clearly, yeah, quite uh, upset by that. Uh, she she walks home alone, and like there, there's a hypocrisy on her end because um her her hypocrisy is that the film that the no they are watching yeah. is about sex, right? It is this flower metaphor for people fucking, <laughs> and so it is like she's fine watching this quite like metaphorically. Uh, explicit bawdy bawdy well no, no it's no. not it's not no, really no. bawdy no, I know uh, 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 um, a show and yet it is her dad smiling at someone else offends her when she storms off she goes to the house of Aya who is her divorced friend mm. and that's when Aya just like really like goes in on her and she's like like you have to get married you need a husband 
and like the, yeah, the, it's the, gra- like there are benefits to this, and like this is the point where we get the theme of being like, you know, you can like love isn't a thing that happens to you. You yeah. can't. You choose to love people. Pe- people in arranged marriages can can grow to love each other. Well, and and and, and be like interesting thing about about like how Aya talks to. About about how Aya talks to Noriko in this scene is like in 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 the in the pre- in the previous time we see the two of them together, which is when Aya comes over to Noriko's house. They 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 have another talk about it then, but like but like while they're talking about marriage, they never talk about men in 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 that yeah. conversation. It, it it is always marriage as this like abstract concept. And, and then in this one, I is very clear. Like you need a man, yeah. And but it's like the the thing that is being talked about is that you have been looking after a man, and now you need a man to look after you. Mm. And so it is like like it's an interesting move, I think, and not in in, in terms of the the shift in their yeah. conversation. Um, and, and is a different way of combining the 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 modern view and the traditional view yeah um it is and it builds to this point where uh uh, uh she is not going to go through with it and so the dad says well i'm engaged to that woman i i don't need you anymore you can get married and then after uh some soul searching she agrees to it. Yeah. She agrees. She agrees to the wedding, and the 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 thing she has to search her soul for is whether she can leave her dad, and not whether she wants to marry the guy. Like I think that's the the reason this film is acceptable is that she likes him. Do you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Um, because I mean, like, what well, arranged marriages generally? Hmm. But like, you of course prefer spontaneous marriages. No planning. No preparation. You show up, married at first sight, Australia. We 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 have that scene as we discussed, uh, where where they see her prepared to go off. She she falls at her father's feet and kind of uh, uh, pr- prays to him and says, uh, "I will miss you so much." And and his advice is like, "Go, be free, but be, be a good wife." Be a good, and, and then he repeats it. Yeah. Be a good wife. Well, I thought he could be the good wife. Yeah. Oh no! It's go be happy. All right, yeah, yeah. and be a good wife. But uh, be happy, and I was like, great. So they're emphasizing be happy, and it's like, but remember to be a good wife. And also, I was like, also before you go, could you set my DVR to record all the all the remaining episodes of The Good Wife on CBS? And at this moment, I really, I was like, D- I kind of really struggle with this sure because um because it's a movie from 70 years ago from a different culture but i also kind of like the film i think doesn't fully endorse this moment because he's expressing such a traditional view Mm. but so much of the rest of the film is about we should not have one or the other. The way forward is together, you know. Sure, yeah, and, and and yeah, and it's about this woman who has a who has a very traditional view of of marriage and love and relationships, learning that she kind of has to compromise. Well, and, and also learning that she has to 
choose herself mm. in a way in in that yeah as much as we can that that she needs like her getting married is kind of in a way her being set free yeah and, and that is further emphasized by the fact that that after the wedding the dad is talking to the divorced friend her divorced friend and being like i lied i'm not it, it was all a ruse to get her out of the house, uh, uh, and, and she congratulates him. Hey, um, uh, thanks. Because ah, uh, that's a change from the book. In in the book, that plot is that it starts as a ruse, but they in fact do fall in love. Uh, okay. Um, but I prefer the like. He returns home and is alone. Yeah. Which which yeah which which is. Yes, yeah, how Ozu movies end from 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 my experience with two of them. Well, and it's there is something like this moment of his painful loneliness. There is something also quite the fact that it is also an uplifting moment that she is finally off having her own life, yeah. uh, a life not dictated by. Uh, serving him, even like no supporting him. He, it was never like a servant relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, is like I real like the thing that connects these two films because obviously uh, this film is on the list on the BFI Top One Hundred. Certainly is, uh, and the reason I pitched interstellar to go with it, apart from uh, the father daughter thing and uh, people having to choose to be separate as much as you choose to be together and having both of those, a film defined by uh, a father and daughter having to choose to be apart and then uh, someone having to choose to be with someone else leaving people behind, um, is that they are both films that I had seen before, before I was properly medicated for my ADHD, and I still don't think I'm that medicated, uh, that I found incredibly boring yeah i remember mentioning to you a few years ago that i'd seen tokyo story at the cinemas and and, and you just immediately like oh god ozu he's so fucking boring and like tokyo story i have a slightly different relationship to and it also incredibly bored me but it is such the peak of his style that it is so clearly a success so even if you're like, this is so fucking boring, you can't look at it and be like, but it's bad. Do you know sure, what I yeah. mean? Um, uh, uh, as much as I do kind of, um, I don't know. We'll see well, what I think. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get to Tokyo Story. But whereas with this, I was just like, oh, what is it? And, and now that I can pay attention to it and I find the the nuance and the complexity and the layers to it and moments like that and how much of this film is uh people sitting in moments of change and having to like choose to move on or choose to move backwards i i i really like this film we haven't yeah. talked about the most discussed part of this film because the other thing that turns her around um, is that uh, uh, her dad's friend, who got remarried, oh, right. yeah. they go to hang out with them. Yeah, we, we, and, yeah. They, 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 they all take a trip to Kyoto. 
and she uh, uh, hangs uh, and she hangs out with the wife. Yeah, and this is, uh, I, I believe, off stage. And then, as they're going to sleep that night, she's lying down in bed, being like, "I was ridiculous." His new wife is great. Yeah, she, was- she's she's nice, and they are happy together. And, and then she turns to her father to 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 maybe kind of a. Apologize for her response or saying those things, and he's already asleep. And then we get her kind of reacting to that. And then we cut to a vase for about 10 seconds. Then we cut back to her suddenly looking stricken with grief. Uh, my interpretation of that being that she has now decided to leave. Right. And, and then we cut back to the vase. And, like, there are whole books written, not written about this vase, but, like, there is at least one book called this, like, The Vase of Ozu that uses this sequence as, as a, like, metonym to unpack his whole work. And, like, what does it symbolize? Uh, uh, why is it there? And uh, uh, for my money, uh, 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 a vase is a, a beautiful thing that still imprisons something. Uh, uh, vases can be beautiful, but they are still holding the flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that is what her father is. The father is a vase and she is the flowers. What do you think the vase is? Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think I was on my phone during that bit, so I didn't see it. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. Um, you, hey, you, you, you should have told me that the most, uh, the most important uh, bit of the movie was coming up. No, but like... <laughs> I don't know. I kind of uh, f- fuck you. Oh, <laughs> so Finn. Yes. Late spring. Yeah. By Ozu. Yeah. Is it shy or sound? Uh, I would call it sound. I uh, don't like it as much as I like Tokyo Story. Yeah. But but yeah, no. I I, I think it's very good. I, I I really enjoy Ozu's framing. I love the thing where the camera is like close to the ground and so every time people are standing it is always in I mean, it's kind of like full body wide shots yeah i mean like only time you ever get mid shots or close-ups is when people are sitting i think that's uh a really uh yeah i I've, i think that's really cool and uh i like that uh no one else makes movies that way yeah and i love this 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 low angle oh, and, and, and 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 like this movie specifically just like spent a lot of this being like Oh yeah, no. I this this is a movie that's that's just about this. This is a movie that's basically about what I am doing right now. Yep. We there's a conversation we had during late spring or or interstellar about a girl I met at a party a few weeks ago who I uh, just refused to learn the last name of and uh, uh, and contact, even though I had a good time talking to her. Yeah. And and. She at several points made made it very clear that she was into me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. You'll regret. You'll regret it. Yeah. No, it's not like regret is the one emotion that does not fade over time. It amplifies. It builds. Just trust me. Choose happiness. I know it's frightening. Yeah. Choose. Uh, I haven't seen no, spotting. No, you can't. Don't distract. <laughs> You're allowed to. It's so frightening, but you have to <laughs> take the shot.
the worst thing that happens is that uh, I don't know the world ends. Who yeah, knows? it'd be um, pretty bad. So Finn and I, we keep ranked lists of every film we have watched for this. In my case, I also have the film Force Majeure on the list. Um, I have, uh, 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 to keep track, uh, we're pretty deep in this. Yep. I, oh, sorry. I think this film is sound. Good. I'm so glad I can now tune into Ozu mm. because I get it now. And I can also, but I can also understand how someone whose head is more full of bees than mine is right now could absolutely bounce off it because so much of the storytelling is in the light of their eyes. The fact that we are so close to the ground, so we are looking up on normal domestic moments as if they are towering gods. So like uh, uh, these mortal stakes feel immortal and important, but no less complicated, you know, where like so much of this film is in the glassiness of her eyes. And so I, out of all the films we have watched, have it at number 38, which is one above Rear Window and one beneath The Battle of Algiers. Where do you have it, Finn? Uh, I have it. Uh, I have it at number 58, above Playtime and below Beau Travail. Cool. So we're at a consensus. It's great. Uh, everyone loved it. Like, another interesting thing about Ozu's work is that Ozu is in many ways the opposite of, of Kurosawa, even though they, they really well regarded each other's work very, mm. very well. Uh, and that like Kurosawa was usually quite a big commercial success in, in Japan, yeah. but uh, critically ignored, whereas Ozu was, uh, uh, especially from now on, but also during his comedy years as his comedy became more and more dramatic, was critically praised but never really commercially successful and uh, uh, his his work was generally, you know, emerged across the world. Tokyo Story, then Seven Samurai, uh, the, the real beginning uh, of, of the Japanese invasion of the world, open brackets, not the bad one, close brackets. Um, and so I think I would bet, to you, where we've got a wood table here, yeah. I would happily um, let you kick one of the legs off, and then let let you impale me right, like in the gizzard, okay. like a de- permanent death damage. Yeah, if you could find me a negative review of this film, found one. Oh God, um, Finn, can could we put that on like as an IOU? Because I w- would really like to live. Uh, 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 I can do a roan check until uh, after the podcast. Like now? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, all right. Okay. This is a half-star review of Late Spring by Letterboxd user Twan, a film from 1949 by the Japanese master Yasujiro Ozu, the master of being a boring bastard with awful acting. Oh my god, fuck you. Maybe got about 15 minutes into it. Some shit about a woman that, with her constant grinning, has an air of a village idiot about her, wants to live with her dad for her entire life rather than get it on and live with a real partner. It's rare that these old films are any cop. I am genuinely enraged by a lot of that, because, like, her... What is the actress's name? The actress who plays Noriko is called Setsuko Hara. Setsuko Hara's performance 
uh, uh, of Nori and uh, uh, Ozu and uh, <clears throat> Ozu and Anata's writing of her is. I, I don't know. Is she feels like such a fully formed person? Everyone yes. in this seems fully formed. Calling her that, like she is constantly smiling, but it is clearly through the pain. It is mm. clearly a mask she is putting on. It is to not read that is to not engage with the film on a level where you could write a review of it, positive yeah. or negative. Like ju- just the just, village idiot. Like just 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 look at the scene where she where she insults a man and tells him that he is unclean while still smiling at him and pouring him a cup of sake. Like, the extent to which she is putting on a facade is, like, clear if you pay attention to the movie. And is, like, in some ways the point. Yeah. No, no, it's not. It's not the point. It's not... It's not in some ways the point. It is the point. The the way she can drop her facade is by living in both worlds, and that's best represented in the moment where she has the most facade, which is the wedding garb. God, like, what is this person's taste like? Okay, so, uh, well, to, uh, 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 to find out their taste, we'd like to guess their top four films. Oh, that sounds like a fun activity that we've done, you know, every episode for about 60 episodes at this point. Right. Uh, so, uh, one, uh, one of the films was the American, like, action breakout of a, a European, uh, star. Uh, is it, is it Van Damme? It's Van Damme. Um, so, is it Time Cop? Or, or no. Demolition well, Man? That, way that, that, earlier. That, that's, that's Stallone and Demolition Man. Yeah. Um, way, way, way Oh, then I... How many words in the title? Uh, one, but it's a compound of two words. Is this a science fiction film? No, this, this, is, this is like... This, this is straight up uh, uh, action. Dudes fighting other dudes. Uh, I do not think I know it. Just... Just I can't I can't even I don't know Van Damme that well. Bloodsport. Yeah, no, like the, yeah, the Van no, Damme classic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have like I, 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 I was about to say I believe you. Like obviously I believe you. You're looking at the fucking list, but like yeah, never just has never really occurred to me. One moment. Anyway, uh, next we have a film that I have never heard of, uh, but uh, you are one of the two people I follow on Box who have watched it. Oh, great news. Uh, okay. Uh, the main star, uh, I think we'll probably give it away, Bob Hoskins in a supporting role. And, Sexy Beast? No. And uh, half of the name of a Shakespeare play is in this title. It's directed by someone who is uh, most known for a series of movies, but this is not part of that series. Uh, and it, like, is it like a big scale a series of movies or uh, uh what do you mean by big scale is uh, it ripley's like, game no okay. uh, like uh, uh, like large casts of characters and like the movies take place over a fairly large period of time okay are they documentaries no no so it's not a uh, michael app did no um uh, okay series of movies and so it's like we follow the same characters through the movies yeah lo- it looks like it's the same characters the most recent installment of the series was a tv show Oh, okay. Um, Room for Romeo Brass. Yes. Yeah, yeah. With a Paddy Constantine screen debut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is 
are good. Right. And, and like, you can understand, like, that is incredible for a screen debut. And, yeah, no, it's a strong work. Shane Meadows, uh, check yeah. out his... Uh, I just wouldn't consider the This Is England stuff, because he's done so much, yeah. you know? Anyway. The third film on the list. Uh, we were talking about this director once, and you said something along the lines of, I just wish his films didn't believe that women were abject. Uh, ben Wheatley? No. Okay. Um, Michael Bay? No. No. Does he work in the action genre? Uh, he has made action-y stuff. Okay. Um, that, that, that's, that's not what he's most known for. Still working today? Yep. Okay. Uh, got, got, a, got, a, got a film out this year. Mike Mills. No. <laughs> um, uh, 20th Century Woman is all about, it's all about how women are abject. Uh, okay. You know, the it, film it, is not out yet. His film is out this year, is not out yet, but this film we're talking about is out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's not It's not someone with future vision. The thing about Mike Mills is if you watch 20th Century Woman with the director's commentary, when he gets to the scene where like, Greta Gerwig explains periods, it's just mm. him going, gross, ew, ew. Or like yelling. Put a, put a sock in it, Greta. Or he's just laughing at every line the women say as if they're idiot, like they're the comic relief <laughs> yeah. idiots in a film. Like, Get a load of this. Oh, this is what they're all like dung breath gurglers um okay uh oh uh, american uh no british no canadian no japanese no chinese nope korean no french no german no okay europe no asia no new zealand yes just name a New Zealand filmmaker you don't like that much. Okay, let's focus on the film. <laughs> what uh, uh, this film does it contain fantastic elements? Fantastical elements? Uh, no. Okay. Does it? Is it set in the present or the past? Uh, the past. Uh, okay. Is it kind of a bittersweet symphony that's life? Is it kind of a comedy drama? Yeah. Yeah. Is it set during a war? Mm, not specifically. Okay, so it's not Jojo Rabbit. Um, no, but I think you might have the right guy. A boy? Yeah. Boy's good. Yeah. It's a nice movie. Yeah. I just worry my career's over now. <laughs> <laughs> it's w- w- worth it. <laughs> worth it for that middling piece of content. And then the final film. Is it in the English language? It is. Okay. Is it uh, American? Yes, it is. Is it uh, from the past? Is it in this millennium? Yes, it is. Is it a mainstream film, high, big budget? Uh, low to medium. Uh, okay. So is it like independent or, or did a, um, was it produced uh, by a, like, you know, one of the biggies? Uh, uh, uh uh, was produced by one of the biggies. Okay. It, was it shot in LA? Uh, I, no, I don't believe so. Would it play at the film festival or like at event cinemas? Uh, more like event or academy. Uh, okay. So is it, is it a horror film? No. Okay. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Um, have I seen this film? 
Yes. Uh, okay. Was it pretty big? Uh, uh, it was. Uh, uh, it was kind of a bomb, I and mean, then later found a like sort of a cult following. Was this their breakout? Uh, was it their first film? This director? Uh, yes, first film by this director, and maybe first film for the star as well. Uh, and they've gone on to make more. This director and star have gone on to make a movie that you think about a lot, which was, I think, also a bomb, but found a cult following. I think about so many films so much. What is wrong with me? Don't answer that. Do answer it, because it'd be really good to to know what I need to snuff out of my life so that I can finally be pure. Well, you, and, you, you should probably stop clean. taking all that snuff like a, like a 19th century judge. Uh, there's a great reference I could make if you just watched fucking Taskmaster. But anyway, is it Saw? No, it's not a horror. Oh, I mean, I can, Saw's more of a thriller. Yeah, um, it's, it's, more, it's, it's, more of a, it's more of a spoken word. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, films I think about a lot. God damn it! Like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. There are parts of this film that you have memorized. They're like follow-up film by the this director and star. Film. You have memorized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot believe I don't immediately know this. And that is also an American. F- it's yep. ma- this millennium. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not okay. It's not bottle rocket. No. Um. Yeah. And it. It's like a drama. No, it's comedy. Ah. Uh, uh, ah. These are comedy guys. It's hot rod. It is hot yeah, rod. Yeah. 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 Starring Andrew Samberg, directed by Akiva Schaefer. Yeah. 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 I have got bits of pop star never stop never yeah. stopping memorized. I just consider all the Lonely Island digital shorts features. So. Well, uh, you're uh, incorrect to do that. Well, I keep filling I mean, my you, Oscar you, ballot you, with. You specified in the name that they are shorts. Yeah, but shortcuts is a feature. So that okay, but that's that's different. And and you know it. I don't. I I think you are being purposefully obtuse with me. What in my history <laughs> makes you think I would ever be purposefully obtuse? It's simply not my character. So speaking of short work, Christopher Nolan's oh, oh, 2014 oh, oh, oh. jam, oh, oh, oh. Interstellar. That guy makes a long movies. But this is his longest. Yes. Uh, it is 11 minutes shy of three hours. I mean, and that maybe is a bit much. I uh, here is my revelation about I okay. I have three revelations while watching Interstellar. Okay, one uh, uh, is that it is I was wrong, and that it is in fact good. Yeah, you yeah you have told me several times over the years that it's Christopher Nolan's like. Worst movie. Not counting following, which yeah, is yeah. barely a movie. Uh, and I think it might still be that. Okay. No, no, no. Then it's insomnia. Right. Uh, 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 but that, then it becomes a like, like what it shifts is not counting following, which is a, a, a great debut and like him putting himself through film school. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it, 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 it's not a disc, but it's barely a film. Um, would you still put like Dark Knight Rises above Interstellar? Because like, like that, that, that's a movie with like I think mean, a bunch of good stuff that like doesn't really come together that well. 
And I think I think like Intercell comes together much better than Dark Knight Rises does. Nah, yeah, I would put it above Dark Knight Rises. I'm just so currently entranced by Tom Hardy's Bane. I mean, no, like, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's one of the great parts of that movie. But uh, it blinds me to every other problem sure, with it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it. That's the issue, uh, is that I can't see beyond uh, crushing this balloon. Um, I, there's my, yeah, it's good. Uh, uh, it, it shifts Nolan if you don't count following into into like the Villeneuve, P.T. Anderson uh, 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 camp uh, of never having made a bad film, IMO, Wes Anderson as well. I don't know, Bottle Rocket, anyway. Uh, like, Bottle Rocket's got James Kahn in it. Ne- he's never made a bad film. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, Aluda Guadagino, uh, Celine Sharma, people who've never made a bad film. Uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Unle- okay, the, the asterisks, I, have you seen Panda Go Panda? No. Yeah, okay. Hayao Miyazaki uh, has made some. Like, I'm, I'm talking about his features. Panda Go Panda together is, is two episodes together is 50 minutes. It would be accepted at the Oscars. No, his uh, at the Oscars, you have to be like 80 minutes, right? Okay. Uh, uh, sorry, the asterisks I want to put on Celine Sharma. And to be clear, if this comes true, I still think she is an all-time talent and genius. But uh, if it turns out that her ideas around Tomboy are transphobic, right. uh, then Tomboy is bad. Whereas, like, it currently, like, it's about playing with gender. Sure, yeah. But, yeah, anyway. Uh, and it wouldn't be surprising because uh, Europe, you've got a turf problem. Uh, turf them out. <laughs> yeah. uh, but just kidding, guys. Anyway, uh, the, the, the second revelation I had is that I was not, uh, my issue with this the first time I saw it in, in 2014, I saw it in the cinema, Reading's uh, Courtney Place, which no longer exists in Wellington, a town that no longer exists at the bottom of the North Island, a part of the country that's dead to me. Um, oh, that's too cruel, but I'm going to keep it in. Um, uh, 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 it was not because I could not concentrate on it because I was in the cinema. I was always kind of giving myself that excuse, but it is context. It is time. Uh, 2014 for me was uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, certainly the worst person I've ever been. Right. Uh, uh, I was uh, heartbroken uh, and, and I was uh, acting out. In, in, in various ways that I regret and have spent the following eight years really trying to change myself away from being that person and, and part of that there was a, a real search for instant and, and, and meaningless uh, gratification and uh, Interstellar exists to frustrate those things in an almost Ozuian way. Ozuzan? Pazuzu. Pazuzu. Uh, Ozuzu. And in 2014, I, of course, was in my last year of high school and uh, was doing fine. It was a, it was a nice time. I, I was pretty mean to some people. Some people were pretty mean to me. But, you know, it's all, it's all water under the bridge. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I was in a quite similar situation, except when you're, when you're an adult and it's like other people's hearts sure, yeah. uh, and, and minds and, and agency, 
it's less okay behaving like that when you are in when you are uh however 27 Mm. uh is not great and i like the best thing that's come out of it is that i've become a better person and at the end of that year uh i met uh a briar and um she like all good women alone fixed me yeah and now you're perfect I'm better. I'm better. Um, and I was going, yeah, sorry. And, and so Interstellar is a film about, in some ways, explicking the inexplicable. And, and the bit I always derided and still think is kind of bullshit is that you get uh, Anne Hathaway, uh, one a- of the fem- Annie saying, you know, it's love, yeah. and then the power L- of love, love, love is the one thing that can transcend yeah, yeah. dimensions or whatever. Yeah, uh, and, and then the power of love coming true, uh, you know. And here is, and like I have changed enough as a person to understand that this film, like uh, uh, Late Spring, is answering both, and that kind of both are the same thing. That like science is love and love is science kind of like quantum physics is kind of and um the thing that really landed that for me is of course like all christopher nolan films the real villain is selfishness it's wives yep no <laughs> wives is a mystery everyone I, I, focusing I, 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 I. the the reason um Almost Kit Nolan wives are dead or missing is because he wants to start characters in pain and then heal them. And he looks at his life yeah, and, and thinks, and what is the worst thing that could happen? Yeah, he's to like, me? I love my wife a lot. It would suck if she was dead. Yeah, and or and, and usually included with that, I would hate to be separated from my kids. Mm. And so he makes all these films about uh, people desperately trying to correct that or people who have been lost trying to be found. Uh, um, They're they're both, both Ozu and Nolan essentially make films about ghosts. Uh, It is just that Ozu makes films about people who become ghosts evaporate leaving only the living behind normally alone whereas nolan makes films about uh uh, people who are dead while being alive what if there was a backwards machine well but like he takes a suicide pill uh um uh, everyone on dunkirk beach is essentially dead batman's it's a it's a very like limbo type space for the, the the like dunkirk beach well, how and, and people dying over and over mm-hmm. in prestige. Uh, Memento uh, uh, is a man constantly forgetting, which is a kind uh, of death. And that brings me to like my third revelation, which is that this film, which isn't just about this film, it's about Big Cold. Uh, uh, Big Cold being the the Villeneuve Nolan aesthetic you know these great edifice quite cool and cool films that are you know very helvetica are worn and lived in and luxe and expensive and cerebral and uh the accusation is made is the wes anderson accusation you know every time they 
have a film where someone cries, they say, oh, they finally learned to feel. Yeah. As if, you know, Memento wasn't about someone trying to avenge his fucking wife's death or, um, you know, all of them. They're all emotional films. And, like, Memento specifically is about a guy who, like, longs for this emotional catharsis and can never have it. Yeah. Well, and actively denies himself it. Yeah. There is a thing in his brain which stops him from ever having, like, release and knowledge, but he goes through, like, so much pain, like, trying to find well, and it is both interrupted by selfish forces. Mm. I mean, of course, like, the, and of course, the prestige is about the emotion of uh, Dude's Rock. Uh, it's it's more about the emotion of uh, how sweet as Chris Angel is. <laughs> uh, um, I think that's mainly what it's about. Yeah. And, it, and it's also mainly about Hugh Jackman looking around and being like, oh, this is good. These are good showmen. But wait, stop. <laughs> What if there was a greater showman, a greatest showman? And that's why uh, Barnum and Bailey's Greatest Show on Earth uh, was a parade of clones. That, I mean, I I would much prefer that version of The Greatest Showman. Oh, yeah. Uh, But the thing I realized... Uh, Do you mean one uh, with cool and weird ideas? Instead of just uh, uh, boring shit yeah. and venerating a monster, yeah, yeah, and I, it is that I think people—the reason people look at Big Cold and say it is septic and airless and feelingless—is that they don't understand, uh, uh, including myself—is that uh, uh, looking at an emotion is the same as feeling it. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, so much of the the work that gets praised for being emotional or emotionally real are, are films that ask you to feel the feeling. Sure, As yeah. you zoom closer and closer on uh, Adele Hainault's crying face as, as she watches that opera, yeah. it is like, feel this. Yeah, or, or, or like when... All the characters in the movie sing a song at you about how this guy is the greatest showman. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, how uh, uh, the M turns to him and says, I hope you have truly found your quantum of solace. <laughs> um, but, you know, like it is the thing of like smiles make you smile and fake laughing makes you really laugh. Right. Mm. And it is like. The the magic, and it's like obviously contained within uh, Matthew Mahogany's uh, Oscar clip where he cries watching the clips over time. We're yeah. not going to tell you the plot. You've seen Interstellar. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, look, it's, it's a nice movie. Yeah, it's, it's a good show. It's a fun time. Yeah, check uh, it out. It, 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 it's too long. <laughs> um, uh, uh, it, but he... Oh, complete the thought brain. Um... It is that you are like it works. You feel so sad for him, mm. and you're not being invited into him. You are watching him from the screen's perspective. You are separate. So much of this is people having big feelings in helmets or airlocks, right? Uh, uh, in the same way that like 
all of Paul Atreides' feelings, uh, like in half-lit rooms or visions, or just on his face as he screams because his hand is burning. Yeah, or, 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 in a, or in a tent as he's sweating with his mum. Yeah, standard stuff, standard, standard, normal, cool stuff, or, or like, like, uh, uh, the, the emotions of, um, or it is asking you to feel kind of unfeelable uh, emotions through spectacle, joy, feeling yeah. the rain, um, or Amy Adams trying to learn how to talk an alien language. But we can still sit like mirror is a mirror, right? We can see ourselves in it. And the reason people aren't giving themselves into the emotion of big cold films is because we are so ready to be cynical and so ready to want instant gratification that the idea that we have to lean in and absorb something. Like Sheryl Sandberg tells us. Yeah, yeah, she's a big Nolan fan. Yeah. And taking the time to really engage with an open heart with Interstellar, which is a film about how sometimes you have to leave your kids to save the world mm. or do your job. But the most important thing is getting back to them. Yeah. Uh, and that, that like love has a power and that uh, time doesn't really matter as long as you spend it well, you know? And I just find like, I, it, it is to me still flabby and ropey right and i think the the water planet the big wave planet yeah uh, uh does not need to be bigger spectacle for me in sense those, those waves are pretty big though yeah but one happens and then they park for a bit and then another is coming i think that you can put more beats like it is genuinely like i just need more bits that are cool in that scene and like one wave is great but like that is our action bit for that half hour of the film. And it ends up feeling like a noticeable lull, no matter how many Wes Bentleys it kills. Yeah. It is always good to kill off at least one Wes Bentley per movie. I mean, that's the lesson of the first Hunger Games film. Spoilers. Finn has not seen it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I read the books. All those are okay. Had no interest in the movies. The, the movies are good. Yeah, I'm sure they're fine. I mean, I know you love the Maze Runner films. So yeah. Gotta- okay. Just just to be honest, the reason why I haven't seen any of the Hunger Games films is because I'm currently participating in the Scorch Trials, where there are no TVs or movies. Uh, Maybe I, mean, I don't know. I've never seen that either. As someone with the death cure, I laugh <laughs> at you people participating in the Scorch Trials. Well, you you would you would you would you would laugh at that because you're also divergent, whereas I am insurgent. Well, and together we are allegiant. Oh, allegiant. That's yeah. yeah. And then the fourth one, whose name they announced but never made. Is it Convergent, probably? Uh, 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 it's not the name of one of the books, because they did the thing of uh, splitting right, the last right. book and then didn't make the second half of the last book. Any hoots. Um, they, uh, you're a real goblet of fire. Schmoo, whatever. City of Bones, Mortal Engines. Uh, Percy Jackson and the Sea of Monsters. I am glad I got to revisit it and also like as much as I wish I liked it first time 
there is a special pleasure to reappraising something. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Tarzan case is so funny. Yeah. The, uh, the, yeah, the, 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 the bit where case turns into like an the, asterisk. Yeah, an asterisk yeah. to like have fucking rules. That like, he's introduced interrogating him. Yeah. Uh, the like evil Matt Damon reveal is so great. Yeah, the Matt Damon twist. Yeah, and, and even though he was in, when they were make when it, the film was first announced, he was announced as being in the cast. Right. They just didn't put him in promo. Yeah, I still have like yet to see Unsane. We talked about this a bit at the last Shite and Sound Shite and Showdown, but like Matt Damon's just so good at showing up like near the end of the movie as as a metaphor for the problems in the film, yeah, which uh, is uh, not his role in Unsane. Hmm. As 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 a like. As a like, like as a like, like paragon of strength who is weak, and Damon's character being ultimately like the idea, like the problem is, is that he wanted to go it alone, mm. and, and that he like so much of the first half hour of this film is is McConaughey telling Murph to stay behind in her coming, yeah. insisting she come with, um, and then the solution is them working together yeah. and, and like all the solutions, to all the other problems is, is, is like her and ha- him and Hathaway working together uh, or, or, you know, uh, and it is, and even like, even when Damon is, well, yeah. And, and the thing about like Michael Caine, like his, his like his, his whole thing with his equation, like he was going it alone and he, he couldn't do it. Yeah. And, and like how quickly that can seem like, betrayal people mm. going it alone which like damon uses when he lies and says like michael kane never tried to solve gravity you yeah. know uh, and in that moment you can almost buy it and so it is just like i like my first take was like this is just a ripoff of 2001 mm. which it flatly isn't yeah because it is saying something so different and so interesting yeah and the like most similar stuff to like 2001 is there is like one shot of a graceful ship docking with a like a big spinning space station yeah there is the thing of like wormhole out near saturn and there was like well there's going to they they weren't it would they're they're going a mysterious object near saturn yeah yeah well well like they end up going up in 2001 they like go through a wormhole near saturn basically oh yeah you're right yeah and 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 then like and then like when they first go into space uh tars makes a joke about shooting them out of the airlock yeah and like right when mcconaughey comes out of a tesseract at the end and everything's going black there is a bit of music which sounds like it is referencing the blue danube i mean like that's about it well and, and like we know nolan around this time was spearheading that whole let's show 2001 on a copy struck straight from the camera negatives no color correcting so apparently it looked pretty weird so it is like it is clearly an influence oh yeah but it is an aesthetic influence uh, uh, as opposed to a um textual one because he is working to create very like yeah, yeah, two thousand and one, like, which we'll talk about, is about being like, what is life? Nah, who knows? Yeah, it, it, it is a movie with no climax, and a movie, yeah, w- w- which just leaves you on the emotion of, ah, uh, uh. <laughs> okay, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, and like it, it's like 
it is there was like a very little bit at the beginning about a father like leaving his daughter but like that's but like that's never explored at all well it, it is it's a work of spectacle and that yeah. that's no crime but that is what it is um it is yeah what do you see when you look at interstellar i really enjoyed interstellar the first time i saw it and yeah i get it you're better than me yeah. did you see it when in your last year of high school? Uh, no, I, I saw it probably like two or three years ago. It was just like on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My like last year of high school, I wasn't really into movies that much yet. Yeah. If you had a time machine yeah. or like a wormhole where you could go and move books magically, would you go be like, get into movies soon? There's only so much life and you won't be able to see most of them. Mm, maybe. I don't think you would. You don't sound that. You sound quite skeptical. What would you... Okay. Well, at that point, the main thing I was doing was expanding my iTunes library. Through the last few years of high school, I had a rule that every month my collection of songs had to grow by 10%. And then I, sto- I, like, stopped, I like, stopped that rule at 10,000 songs. There was like one month where I had to get over 900 new songs in one month. I mean, yeah. It, what, it, what is this film about to you, I guess? Like, what, what does it... Because it feels like it could contain a lot. Do you know yeah. what I mean? For me, it's 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 not. Yeah, I I agree with you. It's like it's it's not it's not one of my favorite Nolans. No, I think there is a certain extent to which I agree with the like the critique of like oh he's trying to handle like a more like explicitly emotional story and it's not the thing that he's best at. Uh, but I I like but like one of the things that I do like about this movie is like how sincere it is and like even though I find any halfway speech about love. A bit cringe. I do think it is nice that this like two hundred million dollar movie about space mainly has a message: uh, love is the most important thing, and well, we should uh, be there for our kids. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I do, I do love how normal Christopher Nolan is. I, 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 I think, yeah, I, yeah, but uh, not like normal, but not. I mean, like the good kind of stuffy. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he 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 is like stuffy without seeming like a Tory. I don't know. He accepted a CBE. Yeah, but like lo- lo- lots lots of people did. The norminess of Nolan to name my folk album is like most manifest. I think in the fact that like the the cruelest but kind of most accurate way you could describe his films is uh, smart films for people who aren't are actually that smart. They're films that keep explaining themselves to you in a way that is just uh, elliptical enough, like Ozu's storytelling, that when you're like, oh, I put it together, you feel smart, even though he has, in, in fact, spoon-fed it to you. Sure. And it is like, uh, I think a lot of the, the move against Tenet is that he does that less. People explain things twice rather than three or four times. And I think the the slight cringiness of that love speech and of how much he stresses the family stuff in this, while obviously, yeah, being a reaction against people being like, Inception's about a guy missing his wife and kids, but you never feel it, 
it is also that he starts treating feelings like he does exposition. People expert like the amount of times they talk about their kids or or missing their dad. The the amount of times we hear do not go gentle into that good night. You know, like yeah. uh, uh, he is he doesn't realize that like plot mechanics are harder to trace than feelings that why that's why sure. it feels quite over egged and like that is why i like what i would cut from this is uh, uh the feelings not all of them but i i think like the emotional exposition uh, uh or the um the things that dwell on emotions right because we could have less of them and the film wouldn't be worse and yeah, and there is also like it's also one like like all Nolan films. You can see the 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 challenge he's setting himself, right? Which is like, how do I do proper sci-fi, quote unquote? Yeah, you know, everything in it is is according to theoretical physics is is possible. Well, and 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 also like sci-fi in the sense of like using science to like respond to like how the world is right now and what is going on like this is very openly a film about climate change yeah uh, as is tenet and one is much more hopeful than the other well a lot of villains in his films or ultimate evil forces are the lead character or humanity Mm. in a way like uh, 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 all three of his batman are uh, about giving Batman a mirror and putting him in conflict with it. Uh, Obviously in interstellar man is a reflection. That's Damon uh, is a reflection of McConaughey. The two pioneers who thought they could go, go it alone. The villains in Tenet are literally humans (laughs) in the future. Like the heroes of interstellar are the, the ultimate villain of memento is Guy Pierce, yeah. I, uh, I believe the villain of Insomnia is El El Pacino. Um and how we contend with that is always kind of his question, right? And uh, I don't know, I like him still playing with that, but yeah, no, like the game of the film is him being like, if I do real proper sci-fi. <laughs> follow all these rules like get kip thorn on board he's got a nobel and everything um and ask him could i really make a tars yeah uh, uh he's like yeah but i have to be a puppet controlled by bill Irwin." and he's like okay bill Irwin is great <laughs> um and then being like can i still make a heist movie as he always does but with spectacle in that and being like i'm gonna make spectacle about like engines being flooded or docking with a spaceship or uh like just a really big wave or like how clumsy a fight in spacesuits would be yeah and the like big fist fight between matt damon and matthew mcconaughey yeah is it feels like his answer to to people saying that like nolan like always films fist fights badly 
where, where like as the two of them start to fight, it just cuts out to this massive wide shot. Yeah, with, with, with the cameras on a helicopter and just like there's the two of them on this frozen fucking tundra, and they're just two little white dots like just sort of like hugging each other and rocking back and forth. Well, yeah, they're they're two pathetic men. Yeah, and like the the way Damon wins is by endangering himself yeah. by smashing his by by headbutting and like the line before that is McConaughey being like come on stop <laughs> and, and I, I, I love that he has I think mostly achieved that mm. that from Damon trying to dock when he shouldn't and then being killed mid sentence yeah. which chef's kiss chef's kiss <laughs> mwah 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 it, it is always great when someone dies mid sentence but especially when it seems like because he's like here's the thing yeah. this isn't about saving humanity there is a time and he's gone yeah, and it's, you're like, it's, there is a moment yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. like this isn't about saving you this is about everyone there was a moment yeah uh, and, and or through to then it's it, then the ship is spinning way out of control and they and they have to dock with it and it's really hard as like i mean like incredible top tier nolan shit right yeah. out with like the train through the city or the the double exploding building or um oh come on the like the spinning hallway fight. Oh mate, that spinning hallway shit Chris. Good stuff. The truck flip. Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean I I think the 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 race through the covered highway mm. uh with the bat pod, I prefer that personally, right, yeah. but um I don't know, there's not really much to pick from in the dark night no. it's not like it's a, that. It's, a, it's a film was low on spectacle oh that opening robbery oh crashing this plane that's bits good when the yeah. falling around bane anyway um uh, uh, but I can also, and this is me as a puzzle solver watching things, is that I can see that's the thing he set himself. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and alongside that being like, I want to do what is the scientifically realistic quote unquote version of the psychedelia of 2001. Sure, yeah. What would it look like going through a wormhole, going through a black hole? Yeah, what would 2001 look like if it was written by Stephen Hawking rather than Arthur C. Clarke? Yeah, you can feel that on it. You can feel its influences sure, yeah. uh, a lot more in in the way that like um inception you can like inception and tenor are both clearly kind of his bond films um but what that gives him is a palette yeah uh, and, and that he riffs on and builds his own thing within whereas like interstellar is still kind of like a really divergent but it's still kind of a Mad Libs plot-wise of 2001. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, 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 at least through the first half. Sure. sure. And, and that's not... A cr- but, like, that's why it's low down. That's why it's not, like, breaching, you know, the top of my list. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, Tenet, Dark Knight, Seption, Mento... He's good, I think. Yeah. And I like that we get to live at a time where uh, the person making big $200 million films is, while, you know, making them less, making films that are less complicated than they seem mm. and making people, people feel smart, like, that is better 
than making people feel good by just showing them violence yeah or 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 massive explosions like there is there's a thought and humanity to his work even when it doesn't land all the way um and he crashes planes into buildings or uh has them build so many different models of spaceships or has all of the cg rendered in advance so when they're looking out the windows of the ship they are looking at it yeah no it's it is it is really nice there's like there's like one guy who's able to get big enough before all the studios got like got really like safe and conservative with with how they're giving money out but like he had enough clout to just continue to make these the these like really like big personal movies that also work as blockbusters well and that he is also doing that while being like i'm gonna get closer and closer to my dream of shooting a whole film on IMAX. Whereas like almost everything else with the possible exception, I would say of the Burj Khalifa climbing in, in ghost prot. Yeah. When, when you see people going back to large format film, you're like, this is like, it's beautiful. It's great. This is, this film doesn't need it. Like hateful eight looks great. If Hateful Eight was just on thirty five, it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a markedly worse film. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Whereas there is something in like uh, the way he holds the weight and scale of what it gives him, and how he can make that both exciting and intimate is. I, I don't know. I'm beginning to think that Christopher Nolan's a good director. What about you? Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. And I think I would call his film Interstellar sound. Yeah. I would also agree with it sound. Uh I like most of it. I think I think that like this is this is like this is like one of McConaughey's best performances, if if not his best, like it's like this or like True Detective. Yeah, I just haven't engaged enough, and, and there are Cage style arguments mm. that are like the McConaughey is a myth. He was always giving a hundred percent of himself to things. It's just that when you're ready to sneer when you watch How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. I oh, remember, you, like, you, you, you know what he's really good in? Killer Joe. Oh, yeah. Killer Joe. Mud he's great yeah. in as well. Mud, which is the, the role that got him this. Yeah. Uh, the one great McConaughey fact about this film is that he did not even tell his wife the plot until she saw it at the premiere with him, which is a level of restraint <laughs> I could never understand. Um, Finn, on our list of all the films... We have watched for this, plus force majeure in my case. I have it placed at number 70, which which puts it beneath Billy Wilder's Some Like It Hot, but above Francis Ford Coppola's Mario Puzo's The Godfather Part 2, colon, mid-coda, The Life of Michael Corleone. Okay, I have it at number... 66, below Contempt, but above Mario Puzo's 
Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather Part 2. Hey, we both agree it is better than The Godfather Part 2, which I think is almost quite hard to debate in some ways. <laughs> Finn. Yes. Would you like to hear a five-star review of Interstellar, very similar to the, to the ones we just gave it? Why not? Uh, really breaking the format of the show. This is on Letterboxd. This is by Fairy Gal. Uh, the Iron Fairy is a one. I mainly just looked for for one that is uh, uh, slightly entertaining to read because most of the uh, uh, genuinely deranged raves about this film were people either trying to be funny in a weird way or had... uh, Or were 14. Or, yeah, were people being deeply pretentious in a way that felt quite juvenile. So it would feel we've already done enough of those. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want us to once again laugh at people talking about how they were so dazed by this film. They could barely walk, you know, like that. Like films have really affected me. I've never tried to get in the wrong car. I don't know. Possession did really fuck (laughs) me up, though. Yeah, You, 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 you seemed a bit loopy after that one. I mean, what else? What other? What natural? What other natural reaction to that film no, is no, there? It's, it's the correct reaction. <laughs> it, is, it is, as I said, malware designed to attack the human brain. Anyway, Fairy Gal says of Interstellar, "This mo- movie made me go through a mind fuck. I don't think I'll be able to sleep after this movie. It was just so good, and the way all the equations to saving the world with through love is so crazy." <laughs> The soundtrack is so beautiful. Oh my! And this movie is just crazy. It 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 is it is a really good soundtrack. It, it like and, and like, it, it it's a it's a great it's a great piece of work by Zimmer and like doesn't fall into the blah shit that like people say well, about him. Well, and that was like allegedly, you know, IMDb trivia, but like Nolan went to him mm. saying we are not doing that again. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it's a it's a like. It's a fucking really like diverse and impactful score. Yeah, uh, the the like the the like main theme that they use on Wolf oh, the 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 main theme that they use on Matt Damon's planet is uh, fantastic, and I would listen to that just like oh, like yeah, it's great. It's it's it rules. Good work, whatever members of, <laughs> of, of Hans Zimmer's team. Yeah. Yes, uh, musical sweatshop. <laughs> Uh, did it anyway uh the final line christopher nolan did it again hard to disagree yeah i just like the amount of words they use crazy and i didn't express every sentence ends in an ellipsis <laughs> uh, uh but not i'm i am not anti fairy girl's opinion anyway i just thought <laughs> this format has ruined this moment but this top four i think will be fun to guess okay is one of them interstellar no uh, uh, not even none of none are even really close. Okay, one is uh, sore for pussies. Uh, the abominable Doctor Fibes. No, it is a recent film. Uh, sore for jackass. No, no, no fiction. Kind of ma- like you know, Scream. I know what you did last summer. Style like mainstream horror, like teen horror, recent. Uh, uh, is it a Blumhouse? No, no. Okay. Sony, Sony. Uh, uh, Escape Room. Yep. Okay. Uh, wh- have you seen it? No, I've heard there's a crazy twist at the end of the first one. 
eh, it's not that crazy. Oh, okay. Uh, I've heard from people who really like that twist. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. Like, it It does, it does, like, it, 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 it's generally good fun, both of the escape mm. rooms, but they both are kind of infected by blockbusteritis, and right. so that, like, everything is over-explained and there's too much ADR. Uh, the next is a, oh, it's a twisted... Uh, adaptation of a literature favorite, but you've never seen it like this before. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? No. Pan? No. It's it's also released by Disney. You gave it one star. Oh, okay, it sounds like a lot of movies. Um, oh, no. It's, no, okay, no, it's not, it's not Artemis Fowl. Um, no. Oh, no, I gave it half a star. That's yeah. one of the worst movies ever made. Um, and and the, bo- the book that's being adapted here is much more yeah. beloved. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's not beloved, though. Okay, it's not... Be- okay, it's not... Uh, Alice in Wonderland? Yep. Yeah, there we go. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, what the, a stinker. The next is a much more straight adaptation of a former childhood favourite and made quite problematic recently. Um, Ghostbusters. No, no, no. No, no. It, like, would have been a childhood favourite of ours. Not not our parents. Like, okay. Like Bustin Ghosts. Like Bustin Makes Me Feel Good. Who, what franchise has recently, through one person's actions... Oh, is it, a, is it a Harrison Potter? Yeah, but which Harrison Potter? It's got a vampire in it. It's a Goblet of Fire. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the last one, huh, how to describe this film. Have you seen it? I don't think so. Uh, all right, Brittany Murphy is in it. Okay. Okay, it's not Sin City. That's the one Brittany Murphy film I've seen. Yeah. Um, uh, Girl Interrupted? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. I was like, who's someone you it's don't it. think is in this film? No. I might, I should have gone, should I have gone with Elizabeth Moss? Y- yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it would take me longer to guess Girl Interrupted if it was Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, if I said this has Elizabeth Moss and Whoopi Goldberg in it, you wouldn't have jumped to Elizabeth Moss, to, to, to Girl Interrupted. No. It's Jolie. Brittany Murphy, Winona Ryder. Yeah. Well, like, listen to this list. Mm. Ryder, Jolie, Murphy, Duval, Moss, Goldberg, Redgrave, Brackets, Vanessa, Tambor, Kurtwood Smith. Oh, shit. Jared Leto. Yeah. No, no. Uh, Finn, Finn, Finn. But here's the thing. On Netflix... Netflix keeps trying to get me to watch Girl Interrupted, and so they've, they've tried out every single poster they have, and and so I know like most of the cast of that movie. Finn, yes. What are we watching next week? Next week, oh, it's a Vietnam War double feature. Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now, based on Heart of Darkness by What's His Face. Joseph Conrad. Joseph Conrad. And with that, we are watching Slow Bullet, <laughs> a, a movie independently produced by a Florida video store. Uh, 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 Elliot Kalin, uh, host of a Flophouse and uh, former, uh, 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 former head writer for Mystery Science Theater 3000 for Return, calls this the worst movie he has ever seen. 
Uh, it is supposed to be so bad it is not fun or enjoyable in any way. <laughs> uh, I managed to find a copy of it somewhere. Thank, Very exciting times. Thank you. I hate you. I it, look forward to it. It currently has uh, one person who's marked it as watched on Letterboxd. Yeah, those conversations we've had about making this show more accessible have really got... Finn is doing a really bizarre <laughs> dance, which like was a mix between, like, uh, 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 like liquid, f- like, jelly shifting and, you know, like, when you would succeed in an early video game and so there would only be, like, three frames they went between. Anyway, uh, it was good stuff is what I'm saying. None of those were, were insults. I'm very proud of my dancing, which is why I do it often and where people can see it. You should... No, okay, I, I ju- just had this conversation with Ben McGugan, like... Two nights ago. Your regrets will only grow. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that's because I spend so much time watering them with my tears. I know it's hard, but there are ways out and people to support and care for you, of whom I am one. Finn. Look, can Finn. you see the strand of hair in my eye? I am emo right now. I do not need support. <gasps> no, the emo people <laughs> do need support. Then yes, where can people find you online? Who gives a shit? <laughs> I am certainly not on the Elon Musk-owned platform known as Twitter. But you can find the show there at ShiteSoundPod, or you can email us at ShiteSoundPod at gmail.com. You can check out our website. It's at ShiteAndSound.com. If, if you like what I do, you can check out my work. I'm on various social media platforms owned by sociopathic billionaires, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Youther Lives is the way to go. Put bit.ly in front of that, and you'll sign up for my newsletter, which is coming back soon. I promise I have two other podcasts. One is called The Witching Hours. It's a uh, eerie audio anthology, and the other is called The Slow Path, where me and my partner Briar watch Doctor Who until we die. Our theme song is The Nux by Kazam Blam. You can check him out on Bandcamp, a Boo. bad website. Boo! If you like the show, tell your friends. Yeah, why not? We're in acquired taste. It'd be great if more people can acquire it. And you can do that by uh, posting on social media with this week's hashtag, which is, of course, uh, late spring to Stella. Or Finn, what's? Uh, hashtag euthanasia. Euthanasia's plan to kill everyone to the east of Europe. Euthanasia. Where did that come from? Uh, I just thought it like the 20 seconds ago. Going to like a lot of there, there was a common like primary school insult. Oh, yeah. And that's not me being like, oh, you're hurting my feelings. That's just me letting you know how derivative <laughs> your material is. Anyway, movies are I mean, good. You're, 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 <laughs> I mean, it sounds like your, 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 your primary school bullies were working a lot harder than mine. I just got like. Uh, Finn the pin who lives in the bin. It's just like just fucking rhyming shit. Yeah. But also, in their defense, you are a pin who lives in a bin. Raked in sin. Mm. No, no natural kin. Pickled in gin. Yeah. Movies are good. Even bad ones. Go, Go watch them.
run away with me. Stuck in my head, stuck yeah. in my heart, stuck in my body, body. I want to go, get out of here, sick of the party, party. Anyway. Was it, was it, tickle me maybe? I mean, empirically not. Anyway. Yeah, I, try, I tried really hard a few years ago to like get into Kylie Ray Jepsen, but yeah. it just, no, it doesn't, doesn't do anything for me. People seem to like her. Yeah, you're just like, it is difficult because we agree on so many things. And it is, I do often forget that I am the only person whose taste is 100% correct. Yeah, man, that's a real burden for you, isn't it? Oh, yeah, heavy is the head that thinks the correct thoughts. Mm. Um, it, it's a rage, real... rage, rage against the slightly bad takes of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do not <laughs> go thoughtful into that bad take. Look, if you want. I know you don't know who Charles Me is, but I've got him on the phone and he's very angry with you. Okay, uh, in Drive My Car, she's not deaf, is she? She's, she's just mute. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of mysterious, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, she is, like, personaing. She can speak, but she doesn't. Yeah. Um, I think... I think uh, That's how you know it's based on a Murakami story, because there's some shit like that in it. I think it's because uh, her very nice-seeming husband placed a spell on her. Unpack that for me. He's just such a chill dude. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And maybe she has a really annoying voice, like in Singing in the Rain, and he's like, I love being married to you. You're wonderful, but your voice is unpleasant. So he went to one of those local Hiroshima vocomancers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and, and you know, uh, cost him, you know, a couple salamanders, and and you know, he was able to, able to get a spell cast. And is that different than the one where the guy had like the had the like hands over his eyes on the poster? It was like Doctor Face hands. 
Uh, no, I do not. I I can't you, you, answer. You don't that. know about Doctor Face Hands. I well, I gotta tell you, I do not think that film is called Doctor Face Hands. That no, no, TV it was, show. It was a TV yeah, yeah. No, Doctor Face Hands. I'm going to Google that. Yeah, Finn's just doing his deep research on definitely extant film Doctor Face Hands. <laughs> it's a TV show. Oh, so, I'm so sorry. It's the modern. Oh no, I just clicked on maps. That's not what I want. Maps. Ah, oh, it was a show called Do No Harm, where a guy had a Oh, my God, he does have face hands. I do. I have, I have never seen that before, or else I would. Look, guys, look up what is the show called. You can literally just Google Dr. Face Hands. That's how, <laughs> that's how I found it. 